0: The king of Atolia was passing through his city, on his way to the port to greet ambassadors newly arrived from distant parts of the world. The king was a newcomer and a foreigner, king only by virtue of a political marriage to the queen of Atolia and still unfamiliar to most Atolians. They massed along the sacred way to see him for themselves, as well as to cheer their queen who rode beside him in the open coach. One member of the crowd, a young man with a broken nose, a lip twisted by scar tissue, and dirty clothes that combined to suggest a person of violent and criminal habits, had a particular need to get close.
1: Ooh, who is this mysterious bad boy?
0: Good morning to Soonis Sophos and no one else. I'm Noel,
1: And I'm Caitlin.
0: And this is the Atollian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to get you through the wait for Book
1: Six. It's May third, twenty twenty. Today we're kicking off our discussion of *A Conspiracy of Kings* with the prologue.
0: I think we'd talked before about how Megan Whalen Turner had said that she originally wanted. For Sophos to just show up in this new badass mother mode, but she thought that no one would believe it unless they saw the process. But she sort of gets her, uh, she gets to have her cake and eat it too here by having this flashback frame.
1: And one of the reasons I like the flashback frame is because you still get um, like all the typical surprises of a narrative where you don't know what's coming, but you also know that the character who's telling the story in first person is gonna be fine (laughs) enough to tell the story some other time.
0: (laughs) It's a little bit like uh, he does not get eaten by the eels at this time. (laughs) An uncertain future, but he's definitely alive. He does become king. And that's related to Turner's approach of front-loading tragedy. Mm -hmm. None of the disasters in the stories are supposed to be shocks that let you down as a reader everything is about okay this bad thing happens now how do we build back up from there
1: mm-hmm. so we see right away in the story another new perspective on um Eugenides, right in the prologue the king of atolia was passing through his city and that's why everyone's gathered uh one and all disparaged his Edesian background, but a few grudging supporters mentioned his rumored love for their queen in his favor. Such romantic stories were dismissed as foolish by the more outspoken, but a few expressions softened. So now, the camera's pulled back even more than in King of Atolia to show us uh, the average person's view of this random stranger king who no one wants.
0: And it's so fun that... The Aetolians, they're so suspicious of him. They're so judgy about the fact that he's a Daisian, But the second it seems like he's threatened by someone who's even more of an outsider than him, they rush to his defense because that's about them. Yeah. Like, he's a disappointment, but he's our disappointment, thank you very much. And it becomes about someone attacking the king, regardless of who the king is. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of value is placed on that position and what it represents. Which is why I think people are so reluctant to accept eugenities. Like, if it mattered less, then people would care less about him being inadequate.
1: Yeah. And they could also be up in arms about this because they love the queen so much. And, you know, someone who's going after the king when he's sitting right next to the queen in the same carriage is also... Risking attacking the queen.
0: Yeah. And it's a pea shooter. And we see this whole scene of the mysterious, scarred stranger who, for all you know, there's nothing. Like, if you read the inside flap or the back in either the 1996 or the 2017, you can tell that this is a book about Sophos. But there's nothing to indicate in the first part of this prologue. That this person is Sophos because he's changed so much, mm-hmm. uh, and you like you could very well, you could very likely guess, but uh, it's not. I think it starts to become clear when you start to see the dynamic between Sophos and the Mages. But in the beginning here, this could very well be a threatening person, and then it's a peace shooter, which is a fun anticlimax. climax, <laughs> and also weird. Like why? What possible circumstances could create this situation, where this person is really trying to just, like, get the king to turn and look at him in the crowd? Yeah. All this really big important stuff turns on a pea shooter in the end.
1: We also get the hint that possibly a lot of important, like, intercontinental things may be happening because it says the king was on his way to greet ambassadors newly arrived from distant parts of the world and later um it says um late and later the king says all the embassies from the continent seem to have arrived at the same time with edis here as well we are scheduled every moment so we never really get anything more in this book about, like, why is there suddenly a deluge of foreign relations? Because that's not really the central con- conflict, but in Thucydides, Thieves we see more of a we see more of an international presence in Anatolia. So I think this is possibly gearing up for that. We're going to find out in Return of the Thief* that this has been really important.
0: It also positions Jen as the public power He's on his way to greet ambassadors. The king and queen aren't on their way. He's doing the job and she's just with him from a public perspective.
1: And the first sentence says, um, the king of Atolia was passing through his city.
0: Even though it's still Atolia. No one started calling it Atolus.
1: Yeah, I think I th- it sounds too- I think we've talked before in, in, in other episodes about- <laughs> how weird that would be.
0: Like when they change the name of a bridge and you call it the old name for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, they just killed, they just replaced the Tedeschi's that's between my house and Noelle's house. And I think it's a, a Richmond's or whatever now. Something identical with a different name, and I'm never gonna call it anything but the Tedeschi's.
0: Oh yeah, it's like a, a Richdale Foods or something, but it's, it's the Tedeschi's. <laughs>
1: Um, my brownies are about to be done. I have to pause this.
0: Making brownies without me? I'm so jealous. Uh, Um, where were we? Oh, in regards to that line about all the embassies from the continent seem to have arrived at the same time, with Edis here as well, we are scheduled every moment. I don't think Sophos knew that Edith was there until that moment. She's there! He's missed her so much! But whatever emotional experience that he's having about that, we don't see it because this is a pretty detached third person, which is in contrast with the rest of the book, which is first person. It's a return to first person like we had in The Thief.
1: But then in the second half, it switches between first person and third person which i think is really interesting because i think it's more normal to have one perspective or a bunch of different ones but not to shift you know yeah that'll be interesting to talk about as we go as we get to the point where it does shift just because i've never really i've never come to any conclusions about like why does why did megan will and turner choose to tell half the story in first person but only half of it
0: in universe the first-person narration is Sophos telling the story, I think maybe even out loud, to Edith, and it feels like Megan Wayland-Turner uses first-person for the narratives in the series that are more coming-of-age-y.
1: age I think we can say at the very least that she uses first-person for growth narratives, if not coming-of-age narrative. It gives the reader a much more intimate view of the changes within a person that you couldn't get from a third-person narration.
0: Because when it's not in first person, there's it's really, really night and day. When it's first person, you have access to all these inner emotions of a person, except for those that they pointedly decide not to share. And then her third person is always very detached. It will either not give you access to emotions, or it won't give you access to the emotions of the people whose emotions you really want access to. We're so intimate with Jen, and then there's this rapid retreat from him. These changing points of view emphasize that maybe irreconcilable tension between a person's experience and other people's perceptions of them and what they share, what they want to share, what they can't share.
1: And the last thing in this prologue that kind of gets set up um, is Sophos reveals that he is now Sunis, and Jen says, I am sorry, before he has to leave, and the Magus says, I think he was delighted to see you safe, and grieved that the next time you meet it must be as king and king and not as friends. And Sophos says, um, I hope that I will always be his friend, said Sunis, I know that he hopes so as well, the Magus says. We already get the hint here that it's not it's not going to be as simple as all that anymore.
0: It's especially affecting coming on the heels of all that affection. I mean, mm-hmm. the hugging is so good in this chapter. The hugging.
1: And something I wanted to call attention to here, I think we talked about a little bit with King of Tolia, but not really that much, is Sophus right here is already referred to as Sunis. It says said Sunis, not said Sophos. I feel like he's referred to in the narrative as Sunus much more than he's referred to as Sophos once once he's, you know, off Hanaptos' land and whatever. So that's something I want to keep an eye on as we go forward because I don't feel like we really talked about that too much in The King of Atolia, even though it was all through The King of Atolia, different times when Jen was referenced As Eugenides or the king. I feel like this is more cut and dried with Sophos in this book.
0: I notice every time that we offhandedly refer to Eugenides as the king. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you, like, the reader, you start doing that eventually. And it just sort of happens. Yeah. Sophos, you're right, there is kind of a definite turn. And that's another thing about the first person, is in first person you avoid that. The narrator is only themselves and they're not whatever name others choose to call them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And So like the intimacy of first person is kind of a it's a privilege and Jen at least so far hasn't gotten to have it again and for Sophos this is sort of his last opportunity to have that.
1: As far as we know. Yeah. What if Return of the Thief is just, like, everyone's perspectives alternating?
0: So good. I
1: would die. That would be amazing.
0: Sophos looks so cool and badass here, but he's also essentially just hanging out with his dad. (gasps) He also says, God's all I'm glad to see is say Sophos, which I can't remember another time when that particular exclamation is used i feel like eugenides usually he will reference his specific god he will say god or my god uh and at this moment he says god's all and i don't know if that has any sort of significance
1: yeah maybe it's more like more emphatic (laughs) than usual
0: this prologue is basically sophos all scarred up with a pea shooter and then it freeze frame record scratch. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I bet you're wondering how I ended
1: up like this.
0: Tune in next time to find out.
1: So for this new groove. <laughs> <laughs> that's chapter one next time sophos starts his adventure
0: send us your comments questions and thoughts chime in at atelianarchives.tumblr.com
1: be blessed in your endeavors Oh, you said that. Did I say
0: that already? <laughs> Every once in a while, I forget who I am.